Hello everyone. Welcome to Catfish Weekly, episode 66. This is the What's Up month in review for April 2015. I'm uh, just going to talk a little bit about things that have happened this month, uh, stuff that we've done, what's going on. Um, we've got a lot really going on with Catfish Weekly. If you noticed, uh, for those of you who are that are in the chat, the new chat, um, this is not necessarily going to be permanent. It may or may not be. There's a lot of things uh, that need to be worked out with everything. Uh, but the reason why this is here, just so you guys know that we have a brand new server. Um, we decided to upgrade the server for Catfish Weekly and, and a lot of the other things that I host. But it's a, a VPS server, which should be a little faster, should be a little more secure for us uh, with, hacks and, with hackers and stuff these days. Uh, being more secure is high on the list. So, um, you know, we decided to up up the up the game a little bit, spend a little more money, and get a little better of a server. And we're we're getting everything switched over, and I'm uh, doing it all as fast as I can. And and our old chat wasn't working correctly, so I kind of threw this one up last minute. You know, this was done in in just today. So um, it, it, I do notice that some people are timing out. I believe you need to. Um, type something or you just you know refresh the page or something like that I'm not totally sure how you stay time you know in into the thing but if you guys want to change your name from guest whatever over in the bottom left hand corner right before the little chat box you can just click on that that guest whatever and you can change your screen name there to who you are so that's how you do that um, basically uh, we have a lot of things going on. We're going to talk about a lot of different things tonight. Um, but I wanted to let you guys know a little bit about why the why the uh, Watch Us Live page has changed a little bit, and there's a different chat and everything like that. It's just might be temporary, might be permanent, depending on what I can get figured out. So, um, welcome to everybody for the show. Sorry I didn't get to do the little intro song thing this week, but. Uh, We'll get to it eventually, and I do apologize again. I haven't got a lot of the uh, podcasts up for you for you guys that watch on the podcast. I'm running behind again, um, probably behind four or five episodes now. So I will get them put up there. Um, like I said, guys, just one more time, I'll tell you guys on the chat this this little chat button here or this little chat box. You go. Over down where the little chat box is at, on the left side of it, you'll see guest, whatever, that's you. You click on it, and you can change your name to uh, whoever you really are. Uh, so if you guys could do that, that helps us see who you are. Um, I, I don't know why the, the timeouts are happening. If it's something that can't be fixed, I definitely won't be using this. Uh, if, it, if it can be and, and we decide to, we'll, we'll change it out and get it all fixed up and integrated with our site a little better. Uh, this was just a temporary thing to make sure we could be up and going tonight. But Lyle and Chuck, uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I know, uh, Chuck, we were just talking a little bit about something we were reading on Facebook. Um, if you want, go ahead and start on that, or if you got something else you want to start talking about, go for it, Chuck. Um, yeah, I've seen a... Uh a post earlier about a game warden uh, who had to shoot somebody in Oklahoma. 
Um, he came up on three guys fishing. He was checking their fishing license. Um, one of them had a warrant for his arrest. He went to take, went to take the guy into custody. Um, they wrestled around and, and fell into the water. The, um, the guy held the game warden's head underwater for a long time and tried to drown him. Um, the game warden got his gun, uh, finally got his head up above water and shot the guy ending the little dispute. So, um, I was wanting to go over a little bit about night fishing and the safety of it. All right, um, one one second, Chuck, real quick. Um, all the, also anybody who might be able to to, to um, see you know hear me or see me on on the thing. Um, there are some people that might have got an error or whatnot when they go to the. Says and we're getting somebody says the video is stuck on Lyle. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I'm sorry. How much better viewed you like that? That's, uh, that was, I, I, I friggin' pushed the button on you earlier. I told you I hated doing that because you always have to remember to click it again. But, yeah, if you guys hit F5 on, on catfishweekly.com, if you're getting an error page when you try to click on Watch Us Live or anything like that, you have to hit F5 on the main page. Uh, that kind of clears your catch and refreshes the site to the new host. Um, if not, you know, it could be that your computer is basically pulling an old uh, version from the old host and it's not there anymore. So uh, it's giving you like a 404 error or whatever, fatal error or something, whatever it's doing. Uh, you got to hit that F5 on the main page and, and get it to show the new server and everything. So Yeah, Chris, um, you might want to uh, put that on Facebook real quick and um, so guys can see that. So they'll know to uh, refresh the main uh, cap weekly, and then go to the uh, Watch Us Live page after that. Yep. Uh, there, there might be some guys, some of the people here that might not get it working in time, and I apologize. Um, you know, this is just part of the growing pains and everything. So, all right, go ahead there, Chuck. I will try to go ahead and post something on Facebook so that way we have something while you guys are talking a little bit. Okay, yeah, uh, just reading that article, this uh, it didn't have anything to do with night fishing, um, you know, but it comes to show you by, you know, a game warden just doing a routine uh, fishing license check on some guys out fishing. Um, and one of them had a warrant, and, uh, you know, they tried to actually drown the game warden so he could get away. Um, you know, game warden had to end up taking one of them's life uh, because they were trying to, uh, you know, kill him in the process to get away or whatever when the game warden tried to apprehend him. Um, you know, because game warden, I know, probably all over, uh, you know, they're the most powerful law enforcement there is. They have... They have more pull than state troopers or anything. They're a, they're they're allowed to actually come on your property, as far as I know, private property at any time. Um, you know, it, to to search your land or whatever. Not not everybody is able to do it. A game warden is a you know actually able to do that. So they have a real dangerous job in the first place. But um, you know, I just wanted to go over the night fishing and the safety of it. I know we went over it last year. But um, with, with all the um, 
the, the people out that, you know, are needing their dope and, um, you know, all the holdups going on. Um, the, the nice little secluded fishing holes that we grew up fishing uh, that, may, that, you know, we, we may want to go back and, um, you know, frequent every now and then. They may not be as safe as they used to be. You know, they may be guys hanging around those areas. They see it a, a, a perfect chance to uh, to do a quick little mugging. Um, you know, the average catfisherman has plenty of stuff on them at any time. Um, you know, for for a, a a drug guy to have money for a few days or at least a week. You know, if if he's able to, uh, you know, tie some people up grab all their fishing gear, you know, steal their car, whatever. Um, you know, so when y'all guys out, you know, j just keep a, keep an eye out, you know. Um, you know, don't trust anyone off the bat unless they're hanging around for hours and hours. And, you know, you, if you're like me, you got a good sense of people. Um, you know, if, if, you, if you've got a carry permit, um, or, you know, something, a taser, anything that you can protect yourself with, bring it with you. Um, a thing that we learned at uh, self-defense was uh, hornet spray, which it, it's, it, it comes in very handy. It, it's got um, a, a can of hornet spray can, can shoot a long ways. Uh, you know, if you, you can bring a couple of the big cans you get at Dollar General, and, and matter of fact, that the cheaper ones are the better ones. Um, the ones I got from Dollar General, I bought three of them, and I used one just playing around, making sure that it was going to do what I needed it to do, and I, I fired at some wasp nests and stuff. <coughs> but, um, you know, if, if people come up with you at the, um, you know, w when you're fishing and they try to start something with you, um, you know, Hornet Spray does a good job, um, you know, getting the situation under control um, without you more or less having to take anybody's life. If if three or four people comes up on a, a couple of guys and each one of them's got a can of uh, Hornet Spray, um, if you run directly at them, don't run from them, run directly at them and douse them down with it, um, they're not going to be able to do you any harm at all. Um you know, so when y'all guys are out night fishing, maybe even in boats and stuff, um, you know, I wouldn't put it past people that, that um, you know, go out in boats and do a little piracy type things. So uh, I just want to be careful because I don't want anybody that I know to uh, be in a situation like that and, um, you know, become a statistic. So one of the things I'll add to I that. Saw I got a is uh, if you're if you're out on a bank somewhere fishing at night and and you really there's no reason, especially for strangers, to be coming up to you. Um, don't be afraid that if if you're sitting somewhere where there's there really is no reason other than uh, it being like a uh, some sort of conservation officer or anything. Grab a flashlight. If somebody's coming up behind you, turn around, shine the flashlight right in their face. Ask them to identify themselves. And if they don't identify themselves as a cop, you know, keep your flashlight on them and say, uh, "I'd appreciate it if you if you'd back up." You know, if they're close to you at all. Uh, if they don't back up, if you got a gun, I'd I'd pull your gun. I'd I'd have it definitely in my hand. Um, 
I've read, I've not read, I've I've talked to and been around enough people who have said, especially bank fishing at night, where guys have came up to them and tried to mug them to get some money for drugs or whatever. Uh, and you, you know, normally you're on a river bank with nobody else really around to see you. It's absolutely in your best interest to protect yourself and be as cautious as you need to be. Um, so you know, tell make tell the guy you know get stay back. I don't know you. I'd appreciate you just getting back a little bit, you know, and then you can feel them out. Normally, you're going to have a feeling. You're going to get a feeling from somebody pretty quick, but even even if not, if it's a stranger, make them keep their distance. That's the biggest thing. Make them keep their distance. You turn around, put a put a flashlight in their eyes. They can't see anything you're doing. I'd put a flashlight in their eyes and have my you know have my gun in my other hand immediately, and. Um, the same goes for being on a boat. There's some things that people do, especially on lakes, a lot of lakes that have boats sitting on docks. There's a lot of thieves that like to go out at night, and they'll, they'll, they won't put any lights on their boats, and they'll be going around the lake and getting onto pontoons on the docks and stuff and stealing batteries and fish finders and anything they can really get a hold of. And, and these guys, if they see a fisherman out there, you know, and and you see what they're doing, they might not be afraid to come by and try to act like they're going to strike up a conversation, and really they're there just to kill you or, you know, beat your ass or whatever. Sorry about the foul language. Sorry. It was Lyle's well, fault. Blame it on that. I can take it. <laughs> but that's really, I mean, I, I'm dead serious about making sure that, that a person that has no business really being near you if you don't know them on a, on a riverbank or something. Make them keep their distance, you know, and get them off their guard. Get them, get them, get it to where you have the advantage if anything does happen. That flashlight in the face uh, is really a good one to give you the time needed to get to a weapon of some sort. If it's a fillet knife or whatever, you know, somebody's coming up on you. It's better to be safe than to you know to be just uh, surprised and have them have the uh, the upper hand on them. Somebody wrote in. It's actually the twenty-one foot rule. I'm not. I've never heard of that, but um, twenty-one foot's close enough. Really, uh, if somebody's coming up on me and I don't know who they are, and I think they're going to give me trouble, they probably aren't going to get that close to me without a problem. Uh, I just ain't going to tolerate it. I don't have to, and I'm not going to. Yeah, and yeah, cause, you know it's it's hard to find places to fish now, and you know most places that people fish, there's going to be up under uh, overpasses, uh, under uh, you know railroad bridges. It's going to be you know down on a uh, a sandy beach, down a long dirt road, um, you know where a lot of people go usually during the daytime and swim and the tire swings, you know, close by and, you know, people's going to head down there at night to party and hang out. Um, you know, they, then people start moving in on you or some guys come up on you. So, you know, it's, if you're going to get out and, and have a chance to, uh, you know, catch some nice quality fish, you're going to be in some spots to where you can be in a really bad situation quick. Yeah, absolutely. Should have seen Fudd in his underwear chasing off the bad guys at the boat ramp Friday night. 
<laughs> well, now that's got to be a story. No. Oh, it's, it's a story, all right. Again, another, <laughs> another story. You should have seen Scott with his car alarm that he didn't know how to turn off at 3 o'clock in the morning for oh, five minutes. Baby. <laughs> yeah, that'd, that'd be special right there while everybody's trying to sleep. He, oh, man, we had one of one of the other guys that fishes the ICA pulled up right up in front of us there on the other side, and Scott's headlights, when his alarm started going off, was just lighting him up, man. I'm like, oh. And I'm, and I'm yelling at him because he's sitting in the truck right next to him, and I'm yelling at him going, Turn, hit the fob key, man. Hit the panic key. What are you doing? Finally, he, I mean, I yelled at him like three times. He goes, there isn't a fob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, was, I was like, man, come on now. <laughs> Not like we're getting tons of sleep and here at 3 o'clock there's alarms going off. For... <laughs> but, you know what? It will. It, does, it happens. Oh, we're having some, I guess we're having some video issues as well or... Some people are, some people aren't. I'm not. Well, <laughs> I don't think any of us three are. <laughs> but anyway. If, if, you, if you don't refresh right, you won't get the video at all, right? So it, there's I don't know, no in-between. I really don't know what's going on. <laughs> it's guess 957, I'm guessing it's Jason because he said that's when they film Naked and Afraid. <laughs> uh, that sounds like a Jason comment. Yeah, <laughs> he, and he was talking about it earlier. But um, Chuck, did you have anything else on on uh, on that, or was that a good on no, that? That's one? all I that's all I got on that topic. That's that's all I got on it. All right, Lyle, you got something to talk about? Well, uh, you know, I want to go over something here that that was on our Facebook page the other day. We have been having some fun with our pictures and different things and the uh, thing had been running around along pretty smoothly and uh, the other day we got a post from somebody and I should have copied and pasted it and I didn't get it done in time. There got to be a lot of co comments on it about people taking their fish home and, and catching all they wanted to and butchering them and throwing them away or doing whatever they want to with them and that's all fine and good and what what the whole deal is is a bunch of Jim Loves Nuthuggers trying to take up for him and that's fine. If you want to hug his old sack, you just go right ahead. Doesn't make him any less of a shitbag. I'm just going to bring it out right plain and simple. Jim Love is bad for catfish, and I don't give a damn what the rest of you think. It's just plain cut and dried. He's a shit ass. He does nasty things for the catfishing industry. He doesn't care nothing about anything except putting money in his pocket. All right, now, let, let me let me jump in just for a second here. Now, I don't want people to think that we go and, and that's what we're about. You know, we're about spreading hate and we're bad for it. We're not about that. We're no. not, we are not saying anything that we personally, not, we're not going by hearsay. We're not going by, oh, our best friend's next door neighbor's cousin's uh, hairdresser told us about this. This is stuff that we have seen, you know, and, and it, for a lot of people who are members of groups that he's in and, and, and maybe even support that you know they they like him because he supports their their way of thinking and that you know trophy catfish are okay to 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 keep as many as you want and and they're good eating and and that's just 
that's the reason we have a problem is that that is not the way we see things and conservation anybody conservation minded and, and has a little bit of common sense to them um, they they learn by what you know a lot of people are talking about in catfishing right now the people who who we all done this we all have done bad things but but we're the guys who learn from what we're doing we 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 hear what other people are saying and we stop for a minute and we think about it and we say you know what they're right you know I gotta stop doing that now there's a lot of people like James Love who knows this and continues to do and support the opposite direction the opposing uh, way of thinking or something you know or it's all about making a dollar or whatever it is that isn't even the issue because it, on his pages he leads people to believe that he is for catfish conservation but he's all about somebody keeping all the fish they catch no matter how many it is or however big it is the whole issue with that is it's not about keeping fish to eat everybody wants to keep fish to eat and if you keep fish to eat nobody will ever say a word the issue is keeping all the breeding size fish throwing the small ones back and, and letting the prolific breeders get butchered where they can never produce and it, it takes them five to ten years to get to that point so why would you butcher them when you can eat the smaller fish which regardless of what people think are the very best eaten to start with like any other animal that is butchered that's exactly. the problem that we have now my point was somebody come on our page and made a post about that trying to defend him and it went on and on and on and on and everybody tried to be nice about it and finally enough is enough and when our point of view started overriding what they were saying whoever it was was nice enough to delete it before I got a copy to paste well thank you so much for that because we didn't get a chance to discuss it any further in the end result of the point of my conversation on this I got introduced to the lady that actually owns some of the sites that James is a member, or James is a member to. Now, this lady's name is Robin Portland. I visited with her extensively a couple times. She is a very nice lady. I really do not think that she understands what everybody's issue is with James. And, and if she does, so be it. You know, I, I don't care. But we talked a great deal. I have invited her to be on the show with us. I don't think she uh, took it as a serious gesture, but I was very serious, and I told her that they're under no uncertain terms that she could contact anybody that knows me. That we would never let anybody get out of hand with her, and we, we wouldn't. You know, we wouldn't do that. We didn't do it with any of the guys from the conservation department or any of our other guests, regardless of what was brought in. Uh, through chat, if it wasn't something appropriate, we wouldn't let those questions be asked. And I meant that. If she would consider being on the show, I would still extend that off to her because she is a very nice lady. She is very uh, easy to deal with and talk to. I think she's very knowledgeable. Uh, I think that if she realized what she had running her site she might change what she's doing maybe she won't I, I don't know doesn't make any difference to me the end result is you are either on the side of conservation to take care of these fish or you're not if you're not siding with conservation to, to protect these fish for future generations our kids grandkids and their grandkids and you're part of the problem you're not part of the solution so James if you don't like what I'm saying 
Be part of the solution. Quit being the problem. That that's the whole the whole point I'm getting to. If you want to show me that you're a great guy and you do all the right stuff, then jump on board with catfish conservation and quit telling everybody that catches these fish and hauls them off to to pay lakes and fishes pay lakes and and, and slaughters every fish they got that it's okay because it's not okay regardless of what you think. Either stand up and be the man you say you are or step down and get out of everybody's way. It's just that simple. And and here's here's an example of, of the reason why we're saying some of this. And this, you know, I was on one of the groups and, and I'm the type of person where I don't unfriend somebody because normally, you know, he had a problem with someone else. Normally somebody has to personally do something to me or I really have to see uh, exactly what kind of person that is for me to unfriend them or do anything like that. Uh, I was, but I was a member of one of the groups. Um, one of the first pictures I seen of somebody holding a trophy catfish with uh, their hands right up in the gills, and and I said something to the effect of, you know, very politely. I wasn't rude. I wasn't trying to start anything. I just said, you know, by putting your hands in the gills like that, most likely you're you've killed that fish. Uh, sure. You just you need to support the body and and hold the fish almost as if it was a baby, um, and next thing I know that comment is gone and I sent a message and I said something to the effect of you know why was why was my comment deleted and and I got the response from James Love that uh, I was creating a conflict or not everybody sees it the, the same way I do or something to that effect and I thought you know well that's that you know it wasn't that I was rude about it and I don't see what trying to just tell somebody something whether they take that advice or not is a whole different story but just being polite and saying something to educate someone uh, about what they may not know uh, doesn't hurt anything and you know I, I think that's when I realized that you know he definitely wasn't helping the cause at all I mean that when you're when you're actively hindering people from just educating, that's not catfish college. That's catfish Nazism or something. I mean, that's exactly right. You know, they have a name that would lead you to believe that they are about helping people. And and when you're killing all the fish that you catch, you're not helping anybody. All you're doing is taking all the fish out of the of the pool. Uh, nobody. I don't know any person in the world that cares if somebody catches fish and takes them home and eats them. Unless they catch 10, 30 pounders and take all them home and eat them, which is absolutely silly. There's no reason to kill all the big fish. Hey, if you only catch one fish today and it's a 30 pounder or a 50 pounder, you want to take it home to eat it, I'm not ever going to say a word about that. But when you specifically target those big fish just to kill them, that's something else altogether. And then they come up with this stuff as well, uh, how many how many fish are, are weighed in at tournaments that, that die? Well, I will tell you very few because those fish get the very best of care. We've just talked about this before. Places like Brad Kilpatrick, Kansas City Catfish, there's nothing better anywhere in the world than what Brad has up there to put these, the holding tank to put these fish in. Most tournament fishermen's live wells, when those fish go in that, when they're released, they are far more aggressive and better off than they ever was when they went in there. So, so don't, don't go that route because that's not true. Those people take care of them fish. They cannot afford that fish to go to the uh, uh, weigh-in and die or be close to dead or, 
or, or somebody see that something like that's going on because it, it, it's just not worth the effort. I would I have turned fish loose that was getting weak even though we didn't have a limit so it would survive and live and miss out on maybe a payday to make sure that that fish had a fighting chance of living before I take it in and weigh it at scales. You know, and people say, oh, you did not. Well, yes, I did. And I'd do it tomorrow if the case come up again because if you're talking about a 20 or 30 or 40 pound fish, however big it was, doesn't make any difference. I want to release those fish and make sure they're caught again by somebody else. And if it happens to be a commercial guy, that's the luck of the draw. I don't have any control over that. But I know I'm doing my part to make sure it gets a chance to breed and pass those good genes along. Yeah. And at some yeah, the, the, point, you know, what we're talking about here isn't about having the, you know, the Facebook group with the most people in it. It's about doing what is right for the sport. And sure. you can't claim to be uh, a, a conservationist and supporter and, and go and, and actively block people from trying to educate people or anything like that to um, call yourself a, a conservationist That's on right. the sport. And, it, it, no, it, it, it's one way or the other. I'm sorry, Chuck. Go ahead. Yeah, every time somebody w would make a, a comment or a educational post that had something to do with conservation, pay lakes, uh, noodling, um, or you know, or alternative way of fishing, or anything like that, it was taken down, and then a, a praise, an actual praise, would be put up in its place. Great catch, guys. That's very awesome. Keep it up. Post more pics. Um, you know, and when Catfish College first started up, I thought it was going to be an awesome thing. You know, and I talked to James Love about it, and I said, look. You know, this is going to be a good thing. I said, it don't need to be no photo group. Keep photos off of it. People can put them on their own sites. There's places, all kind of places where people can, uh, you know, use for a bragging board. I said, that just starts trouble. And I said, what we need is, a, uh, you know, a good place where, uh, you know, guys can ask questions. The... Uh, the guys who have a lot of experience can jump in and comment and help them out. And I said, that will be awesome. Um, and it didn't even start off good. Um, you know, it went, I, I, I tried right off the bat. I went back the next day to see if help out or anything. Um, some of my comments were gone. Uh, I never got a message about it or anything. Um, if they were just worried that they may lose a member, uh, or a few members because somebody's going to get their feelings hurt because uh, they don't have the same beliefs as anybody else. And I think their perception is if it has anything to do with a catfish at all, it don't no matter how you catch it, what kind it is, as long as it's, it's got something to do with catfish, um, it's, a, it's allowed in the group and, and there's nothing wrong with it. And, so, and there's no educating, there's no nothing because you might offend that person. So don't try it. Well, and, and the other thing that I wanted to visit about, and I'll be done with this topic, uh, we had a bunch of derogatory comments on our YouTube site. I didn't even see them, didn't know it was there. And uh, James had sent me a message about that and jumped all over me about taking all the things down. Well, I, it is really hard for me to, to talk about that because I had no idea they was on there and didn't know they was removed. And Chris had removed them. I'm glad that he did because if I'd have seen them, I would have removed them also. But the end result is that is our stuff, 
It, it has nothing to do with you. If you don't believe in the things that we believe in, whether you think we're right, wrong, or different, uh, just say so that you don't believe in it, but don't be writing up a bunch of horse crap that, that doesn't amount to nothing on them places because we don't have to put up with that or we're not going to. And you know? Yeah, and most of the comments weren't polite and, and educational. or I mean, they were um, name-calling and very... You know things that that I didn't I didn't need to to see you know let other people see them and and I would never let other people see them I, I never acted like that in any of their groups uh, we don't act, even act like that here we're just to the point where you know things have to be said you have to look at at what's going on right now and pick your side you know and and be there and if you're not on the side of conservation then you're not on the side of conservation and we're going to let you know because we are on the side of conservation very well, much so yeah and, and almost all our followers are so if you if you don't want to be a part of that that's fine and you can still watch the show you nobody nobody cares but but don't be derogatory about catfish conservation that's one of the most important things in fishing today and catfishing too yeah and catfishing especially uh that is how come bass fishing and crappie fishing are the size they are now, and mostly bass fishing, uh, is because of, of great leadership they had early on. And if we don't get some of that started with catfishing now, while we're in our infancy stage, it's going to be really tough to, to, to get it anywhere close to where people think they want it. I'm not sure that, that getting it big and, and better is, is for the best. I would like to see it improve to, from where it's at, but uh, you have to to be a, a positive deal getting it, excuse me getting it going. Uh, this fighting and arguing and all this stuff uh, amongst us is is not good for the sport. But there's got to be a way to get stopped on these pay lake guys. There's got to be a way to slow down these these trot liners and limb liners. And and I've done it. Don't misunderstand me. It's a lot of fun, but you don't have to keep all the big fish. You just don't have to. You know, there's nothing wrong with going out and getting, setting you some lines or stuff and going out with your kids and taking them off. Man, I'm telling you, them kids' eyes light up when they see them fish, but you don't have to keep them all. Teach them how to turn back the big ones. I mean, the breeders. Uh, that, that's what catfish conservation is about. It's not about not keeping fish. It's about keeping the correct ones. Mm -hmm. Selective harvest. The best, the best thing I can say about any kind of conservation is selective harvest. And boys, I know there's a lot of animosity about these guys and these pay lakers right now. There is nothing. And, and I'm tired of seeing it. I'm tired of the arguments. I just as much as everybody else. But these guys that are paying these astronomical prices for these big catfish to be put in pay lakes to die and be thrown in dumpsters, there is nothing that can be done to those people that is rough enough, harsh enough, bad enough. Uh, whatever they get, how much of it they get, they, all, they deserve it all because those fish are being tortured from the day they're caught till the day that they're thrown in that dumpster. And until these conservation departments in every state get on board with them, not taking them in and out of state lines alive, you can't take any other wildlife across state lines alive, so you shouldn't be able to take a catfish across state lines. And, and put fines on these clowns big enough to make them want to stop doing it or not take the chance. Nobody cares if you catch 70, 80-pound fish out there. If they raise them themselves, that, that, that's perfect. Set you up a lake, raise you big fish, and then put them in there. 
Quit taking them out of our rivers. That's not right. Nope. Um, yeah, a couple things. I'll go ahead and uh, get us off of that subject here for a little bit. Um, I guess I'll, I want to say happy birthday to Tim Lang, Doc. Happy birthday, buddy. Um, I believe it's your birthday today. I said Facebook told me that. I believe it is. <laughs> so, hopefully, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you're here now, but if you're not, and you'll probably watch it another time. Happy birthday! Hope you had a good day today. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about this last week. Um, Alabama is fighting off a gillnet proposal by commercial fishermen for a lot of the lakes down there as well. Is that right, Chuck? Yes. Yeah. So the yeah. they're trying to get gillnet House, thin House down there. Bill 258. House Bill 258 um, is still bouncing around. And Bass uh, uh, is headquartered in Birmingham, Alabama now. And Bass... Uh, association uh, they're, they're leading the charge on this so uh, they are they're fighting it tooth and nail so there's uh, they're going to have a pretty good battle on their hands wow somebody uh, I don't know who guess 512 is but he said in Texas uh, they busted someone using a tanker to transport the big fish out of the state for pay lakes the big catfish Wow, uh, I've heard there's a lot of big fish coming out of the uh, Mississippi River area um, around Tennessee and um, Mississippi. Um, they're bringing them out of Missouri too. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a whole lot of uh, 80, 90s, and 100s uh, coming out of there which are co commercial fishermen that are down there that are putting in the, putting them in holding tanks. And um, I don't know if they're just going for the highest bidder or uh, there's one guy that owns uh, a couple of the biggest uh, pay lakes around. Well, um, first off, he is actually going down and buying from these guys. Let, let me explain what a holding tank is. People think of a holding tank as something that they just fill up with water and put it in there. A holding tank is a pond that they put these fish in until a tanker or some form of truck able to carry them to another state is in. They put these in these little ponds and they feed them. Now, these holding tanks actually feed them because they don't want to lose weight. And, and they keep these fish until these they get enough of them where these guys can come over from these other states and pick them up with a tank, and then they take them and transport them back to Ohio or Indiana or wherever it is that they're going. And it's illegal to do that unless you have commercial license. And a lot of the guys that are doing this do not have commercial license. If you find out someone is doing this and they are not a commercial fisherman with a legal license to do that, please turn them in. Uh, you know, feel free because I, I promise you I will if I find out who they are. Uh, the next thing is the commercial guys, we've got to get on these state representatives and authorities and tell them we need these laws changed. And believe me, the Missouri Department of Conservation is sick of me telling them this because I tell them all the time. But they tell me that the law says if they hold commercial license, they can take them anywhere they want to. Well, that's fine. It's time to change the laws. We need to amend these laws 
so it's not legal for them to take them across state lines and again make the fine so substantial that they'll never want to do it again if they get caught. That's the only way to work. Yep, that and, and you know, make, there's nothing that says a law can't be put in place that Pay Lakes cannot purchase fish uh, from anywhere except a, a uh, fish hatchery. That's the way it should be. Now, that, you know, that should be, every fish that they have should be, um, if if they want if they think they can grow them to that big, but yeah, they, I mean a hatchery is only going to keep them up to like maybe two pounds, and that's big for a hatchery, I believe. Yeah, I doubt many of them go oh, yeah. that big, Chris. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of food. Yeah, yeah, yeah they want well, to get them out right about a pound or so, what they normally get them out at, and I guess or even smaller. A fairling's about six inches. Yeah, but I mean there 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 are some that will go to bigger. You know, you can buy buy the bigger catfish, and 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 you know the commercial guys and everybody saying, oh, they need them for cat food and dog food or or whatever. Um, absolutely not. You know, and we talk about the invasive species, the Asian carp, things like that. If that's the case, they don't need to be using trophy blue catfish. They need to be using Asian carp, um, something along that lines. They grow very fast, way faster than a catfish. Uh, can be ground up and used for um, any sort of uh, animal fish byproduct, I guess, or fish um, fish meal, I guess. I don't know how you'd say it, but it, the uh, there's a video out that you guys, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I, I think it's uh, it might be a new group or, or part of the um, the video was the truth about Pay Lakes, and it might, you know, the group might be called something about that or something. Exposing uh, Pay Lakes. Exposing Pay Lakes. There you go. Exposing Pay Lakes. Now, that's a community that you guys, there's a video in it that they've released recently. It's part of an old video, part of a new video that's been edited together. It's kind of long, but you need to watch it and understand. Uh, look at the photos on this page. Look at, I mean, this. This isn't made up. This isn't photoshopped. Um, this isn't, you know, stuff that's being lied about. This is these guys even basically brag about the fact of their, what they're doing, and they know uh, on some of these people and some of these pay lakes, they know exactly that it, it's killing the river system, and they think it's funny, and 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 they don't care. You know, that's the kind of battle and the kind of war that we're in right now. And we're, you know, we're talking about James Love and everything. That's, that's a big reason why we have to call someone like that out. You know, with with these things that are going on, we need every person to be educated and understand exactly what's going on with catfish today, so we can get every single person to truly understand what we're fighting and be part of the solution, not the problem. But yes, the the exposing Pay Lakes video. Um, you guys need to watch it. There's one of the things that people may not know is that when a fish goes to a pay lake, um, the, it's not a natural habitat. It doesn't have the current. It doesn't have the bait fish. Um, it's part of the reason these fish die, but it's not the only reason. The uh, one of the other things that happens, people don't know. I, I don't know if it's called copper sulfate or what it is. They put a chemical in the water 
to force these fish <laughs> to feed because they won't feed uh, naturally because it's just not the right conditions for them to feed. That's why you see a lot of pictures of very skinny looking fish or fish with very bad um, sores all over their bodies and it's just because they're being almost burned to the point where they need to eat a little bit to survive and, and they don't they survive maybe two to three months in a pay lake and um, that's all there is to it you know I mean that's the reason why that these pay lakes keep stocking so many fish and keep buying them and they can pay so much money for them is because they're they're basically gambling on catching them so you know understanding getting being knowledgeable and, and having the knowledge of exactly what's going on in pay lakes um, you know it's going to help us all fight this battle together. Because uh, the more we all know and the more that we share our information of what's going on, uh, the better we can spread that knowledge around. And, and, you know, the more people we have on our side that know what they're talking about when they get to talk to a DNR or a legislation, you know, a chairman, anybody, you know, we all have friends. I, you know, my mayor of my town lives two houses down. Uh, so we got people that we talk to and that talk to other people. And word of mouth gets things done a lot faster than people think. Um, so, you know, people that are suppressing the truth, like James Love, uh, they need to stop. They need to see the light. They need to start being on the right side of this. You know, there's like we said, there's no problem with people taking a fish home to eat. Uh, the problem is when they're taking multiple trophies home to eat and they're and they're letting the little ones go. Uh, the, like Lyle said, just about every animal or you know species that we eat is the the smaller the better they taste and the, and the healthier they are for you now with fish it has a lot to do with contaminants in their bodies the longer that they're alive the more PCBs they get in their, in their uh, bodies so that the more contaminated they are uh, the mercury levels are higher so you know yeah people are gonna say oh you know what I've been eating 40 pound fish my whole life and I'm fine you know yeah it's, it might not kill you it doesn't mean it's the most healthy for you you know well, doesn't mean thing is the, the ones that it's really detrimental on is children uh, people that ha are in poor health and elderly people those are the ones that, that are affected by the the mercury levels and the PCPs that's in these catfish and, and there's far less of those than the smaller ones, like you say, than there is the bigger ones. The bigger they are, the more of them there is in there, and it affects uh, children, uh, people that have a hard time staying healthy, you know, if they have some kind of medical issue, and elderly people. They're only supposed to have a, so many ounces of that per week. Uh, and, and if you're, there's three or four of you in there, you cut up a 40-pound fish, and you're only allowed six or eight ounces of that, then the rest of it gets thrown away. That makes no sense. Just, just don't. And, and it is a good point where if DNRs are stocking local areas, like something guess five one two in here said, good thing the IDNR is stocking park lakes in the city, like Indianapolis, Fort Wayne, Lafayette, etc. Uh, that should hurt the pay lakes business a little bit, as as uh, people can fish for free in these ponds, and you know these these types of ponds, which are more of a natural pond and and don't have chemicals being pumped into them, you know, and they're being raised in there from, from fingerlings and stuff, they're going to have a higher survival rate, 
they're going to be a, a cleaner, healthier fish. Um, people are going to be able to eat these, and they're probably not going to get a, a ton of trophies, but there's going to be some decent fish that grow up in some of these places, and you know, and you're not contributing to the problem. You know, that's for sure. You know, have you ever guys ever been to somebody that raises catfish in a pond, and they got their little feeder out there, and when that feeder comes on every night, they throw them little pellets out, and them fish just gorge themselves until they're all gone. Have y'all ever seen that? Yeah. That's that. That's the way that a lot of these places are that are stocking these. They take those fish like that out of there, and they stock in these places. And those those fish have been fed, and, and they grow at a rapid rate. Well. Natural fish in a natural habitat for a for a, a a blue catfish in the state of Missouri to reach 25 or 30 pounds, uh, it takes 25 years for that fish to get that size. 25 years. So a 50 pound fish, you're looking at 35 or 40 years minimum to get to a 50 50 pound fish. Now uh, the Missouri Mississippi River is pretty pretty full of stuff for them to eat. So if they have that to access to eat, and then you take them out of a river that's that rich in food and put them in a lake where they don't feed them at all, uh, it don't take very long to where the head's real big, the body's real skinny, they got sores all over them, they ain't got nothing to eat, they're killing each other because they want to eat something, there's nothing there for them to eat. And that's that's what happens to all our big fish, fellas. Yeah, Pelex do not allow you to keep your fish. They they want to make every single dime they can off of that fish while it's alive. That's right. Um, oh yeah, they they you know we've uh, we've talked about the Paylake owners uh, purchasing large catfish. You know they could pay five, eight, a thousand dollars for a hundred pound catfish, and that catfish will pay for itself over and over. They can freshly release a hundred pound catfish in their pond and they can say, okay guys, we're having a tournament Saturday. Whoever catches this hundred pound catfish is going to win five grand. Uh, it's going to cost $40 a ticket. Uh, we're going to fish from three o'clock until 10 o'clock and uh, that place is going to pack out. And they don't care if you catch that fish or not. What it's all about. Yeah, if they catch that fish or not, and they're using the big fish to compete with each other. So that's why you see the photos of them, um, you know, of their stocking photos. They want, they want you to know what they're putting in those lakes. So you're going to go out there and try to pull them in like a waterlogged stump um, because that's what they turn into after they sit in there for a while. You know, you may get them to feed, but uh, you're just going to pull them on in like a, a stump. So, yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. that's right now. The big fish are hard to get. All these pay lakes, there's so many of them trying to compete with each other. Uh, so the the big catfish game is is going to get worse every year. And uh, the large trophy cats are going to start going for more and more. And uh, guys are actually, they're going to start trying to stock right earlier back. and earlier every year. And the earlier they try to go ahead and stock these fish, the faster they're going to die. So, um, you know, they're going to be restocking over and over. And they're just wasting natural resources to, to uh, you know, to try to make a killing. And um, 
So that you know they're they're going to have to be stopped. Absolutely, absolutely, and uh, you know it's 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 become something. And, and there's people that that need places like that to go, but they don't have to have those kind of fish. They can raise their own or buy them or use smaller ones or whatever. But you know there's handicapped people that that needs places like that that they can go fish. I, I don't have a problem with them having them kind of places. I just have a problem with them. Uh, letting all those fish go to waste, and there's no reason for that. You know, the kind of money they're making off of things is ridiculous to start with. But the part of it that really just burns me the very worst is the fact that they let them cross state lines with them fish alive. Because any other wildlife of any kind that you cross state lines with must be pulled across uh, state line, and, and there's no difference with that in a catfish. It just isn't. So your state departments are letting them guys get away with basically murder uh, any way you cut it. Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, you, you're going myself, so <laughs> I had to go. You're, you're, you're going to start seeing more more paylite guys trying to turn the table on uh, river fishermen. You've already seen it, and they're saying that um, you know the way that we hold fish is not good. Um, you know, and that's. That's going to push us more and more to when we take CPR photos to actually be holding those fish correctly because they're going to be trying to throw everything in our faces they can, and we need to set the example. They 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 can't even lift fish when they take a picture. For one, uh, they're probably about on their last breath, so they just lay them on the ground and take their photos. They're afraid the guys are going to drop them and kill them, and they won't be able to get caught again. Um, you know, so when we're taking photos of fish, we need to be holding them, you know, cradle them like little babies, make sure we get them good, trying to keep them from rubbing all their slime coat off on our clothes, um, you know, and all that good stuff, not holding them straight up by the jaw and, uh, you know, setting a good example. Um, so these guys, it's going to, it's going to be an all out war here pretty soon. And, uh, uh it never has to be what it's going to have to it's going to have to go national um you know the, these you know 60 minutes and these other shows like this they're going to have to start getting these uh getting it out there and letting the public see it because a lot of these people they just see signs that say pay lake uh you know and they may frequent them twice a year but when it gets out and everybody knows exactly how this happens and, and the process of these pay lakes and how they work, um, it, it's going to be a big game changer. So, um, you know, I've got an article coming out in the magazine, Alabama Magazine. Uh, it's called Alabama Outdoor News in June. It's going to be a really nice article. But, you know, the more magazines and stuff that we can get stuff in, the more stuff we can get it uh, broadcast, the better. I, I I estimate that I would say that, and this is just me personally, 50 to 60 percent of people who frequent the pay lakes with these bigger fish in them that are stocking them from the rivers and whatnot, that if they were educated fully, if they knew exactly everything that was going on and, and that it really was a problem, that they would change their their point of view and stop frequenting in the pay lakes. So, I think 50 to 60 percent of of business lost 
would definitely hurt them. I do think there is a large element that are there, and they have no respect for, uh, you know, these are the guys that go out and poach deer, and, and they have no respect for the law. They have no respect for conservation. Uh, all they care about is their their desire, you know, of catching a big fish and showing off and thinking that they're a sportsman. You're right, and you got you got to remember the gambling part. Um, you know, there's a lot of those lakes. It's uh, you know, when you go fish those lakes, it's like you're going to the casino. You're you're fishing for mm -hmm. a tag number. You're fishing for the the big fish of the night. Um, you know, so them guys are going in there and 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 paying twenty and thirty dollars and, and hoping they're going to walk out with a hundred, two hundred, up to a thousand dollars on some nights. So a lot of it's in in the gambling too, and 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 some of the things that you'll see and know that if you frequent these pay lakes, um, there is a criminal element there. There not all of them, but there is some of them. There are many of the guys who will get into physical altercations at the pay lake. Uh, there are they 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 have pictures where they pull a gun out, put a gun to the catfish's head, and take pictures holding the gun to the catfish's head. They do this at Pay Lakes. This is actual things that they do. The you know, physical altercations quite often. Um you know, there there's uh drug raids at Pay Lakes. There's a lot of things that people don't understand happen and go on because of the the environment that you're in, the type of people that you're surrounded by. Um, you know, taking your kid to a family-friendly place is what you might be thinking, but you might actually end up in a, in a completely different situation. Um, also, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the college study that was done. Um, there, there was the Indiana Facebook group that had an invasive species specialist a good while back. I, at the time, I was part of the ICCA. Um, during the invasive species specialist talking mainly about Asian carp in Indiana and the spread of them um, in, in different bodies of water but, but in Indiana uh, they, they were talking and I have to say in a way I was politicking but I did it in a way that did not break any rules uh, I did get banned for politicking but all I and I'm going to explain exactly what I said to this expert and his reply, my, my, my uh, question to the expert was, does the silver carp or Asian carp have any natural predators? His reply was, no, they do not. And I informed him that he was incorrect, that it was, it's been shown by actually cutting open blue catfish and finding Asian carp in their bellies that they are a natural predator to the silver carp and the, and actually up to a pretty large size for a natural predator um, so I, I informed this expert that the catfish was a natural predator to the to the Asian carp and his reply was that uh, it was but only to a, a very small size and to a point of where it was insignificant. Um, I didn't even say anything else, so I was surprised that within 30 minutes or so uh, of, of talking and saying that, 
I was no longer allowed to post, uh, and it told me that I was banned for politicking. So um, this study that the college uh, students did, I didn't get to go into it and look at it. All I know is that I, I, I'd seen it, and it basically confirmed exactly what I said, that uh, catfish are a natural predator and that they actually do eat Asian carp up to a, a pretty large size, almost 12 pounds or so. Um, maybe even bigger, I can't recall, but uh, up to it. What's that? It's big. Yeah, so. Eat them real big. And, and with a healthy population of blue cats, yeah, uh, and, and I even said that, you know, when I talked to the DNR uh, invasive species specialist, I said they are by no means going to eliminate the Asian carp alone. But, you know, with the proper, with the proper support and protection, they're about the only natural defense that we have against them. So they're definitely not hurting. They're, they're only helping the situation, and they're probably helping on a larger scale than, than they even realize. So I just want to say I was right. <laughs> I'm always right. Ask me. I'll tell you. That's what's worrying me. <laughs> By the way, the caption contest. Um, we had a great time with that this month. Uh, hopefully, everybody who's won so far, I think, should have should have got their um, prize pack so far. Um, if nobody's got it yet, just let me know, and I can make sure to maybe check on it or something. I believe uh, um, Jason Matheny has won one. Um, who was the, the next one that won? I forget, <laughs> but I know a lot of people won. Uh, tonight's winner, Slackline Catter, with left nut, right nut. <laughs> I guess I guess we're uh, we're a bunch of nuts. <laughs> so uh, congrats, Slackline Catter. Uh, send me a message with your um, name and address, and I'll send you out the uh, um, bobber stop. The Slip bobber bobber stop uh, package that we have from Clearly Outdoors, um, and and I do again. I have a video, and, and it's still not ready. I've just been so busy. I'm so incredibly busy. I I do apologize for all the things that I'm behind on and that I should have had ready, um, but I, I am just I'm so swamped and behind right now, and I will get to it. It's just as soon as I can. Uh, hopefully next week I'll have that video. You guys can see it. it it's a uh, a guy who who uh, basically co-owns the company with his father. Um, I didn't see Brown Catfishing had seven. Let me go back and look again. I'll make sure. But do 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 do. Looking on here. View previous comments. View previous comments. All right. Oh, he does have it. I'm sorry. I have to apologize. Yep, brown catfishing. Brown catfishing is the winner. I'm glad somebody pointed that out. Well, you know who it was, don't you? 
Slackline? <laughs> no. What's that? Oh, it was a guest that ever signed in their name yet. No, yeah, I don't know who it was. Yeah, Mark Cooper won, but I'm sorry, Slackline Catter. If I had some more, I'd send you some too, but uh, Brown did win. He had the most likes with seven. Slackline was right behind with six, so um, Brown, Phil, send me your uh, your your name and address, and I'll send out the package to you. Um, again, this you know we had a great time with this. We're gonna yes. we're gonna try to straight you know change it up and have different sort of contests and things like that that make it interesting and fun. Um, I think that we should have uh, some of the members pictures other people send pictures in of them now we'd have to make sure it was okay before we posted any but you know there's there's a lot of guys like Rod Confelder and uh, you know Scott Wiseman and uh, Jason and and Keith Heath uh, you know there's pictures floating around of some of these guys and I know they wouldn't mind being in on a contest like that or I wouldn't think they would uh, you know it, it doesn't just have to be about the three of us uh, you, you're not ever going to tell me that you haven't got a picture somewhere of Scott someplace. It wouldn't be pretty cool to put up. And Heath and Jason, you know they got some. And I've got a picture of uh, of Rob myself that we could use. <laughs> uh, that would be pretty interesting. But, you know, it, it is a fun contest, probably the most fun contest we've had to date. And, uh, you know, it, it was a blast. Uh, I, you know, there's something while we're all kind of uh, not really bearing down on anything now. Is anybody besides me miss Catfish Winter Circle other than me? Phil Brown does such a great job with that page, and they made him take it down for one reason or the other. And, and I'm telling you right now, I miss that site with the information and the perspective that Phil put into that. I miss it greatly. It, that was a great site. Slackline, um, since uh, brown catfishing, just uh, he forfeits it to you. Um, since he since he did that, that's his decision. That's nice having, but I'll say Slackline Cat, or I'll give it to you. So send me your name and address, and I'll I'll send you the package. So congratulations, Slackline. Uh, also, people may or may not know, I'm getting a bad. Bad uh, repeat from I think Lyle, but yeah. But anyway, well, I'm still getting. <laughs> Can you turn your volume down? Who? Huh? Who? You. I don't have no volume up. For your speakers. Your speakers are hitting your microphone. There you go. I think you're full of caca. No, it's it was doing it. It was getting a. Yeah, it's always something. Yeah, so anyway, um, you may or may not know that we have Catfish Weekly Podcast on iTunes. Um, I want to say thanks to JJ Shovelhead and Cherry Circle, who both posted five-star reviews and gave us a, a you know great little comment You know that this is a great podcast for the sport of catfishing. Um, thanks for getting this on iTunes. I enjoy listening. Uh, keep up the good work. Thank you, you guys, for posting the reviews on iTunes. That's going to help us, you know, be seen by other people. Um, it's in the Sports and Recreation Outdoor section. If you look for it, Catfish Weekly, on iTunes. And if you guys can, 
leave us reviews and and you know help us out on on being seen and doing well out there. Uh, again, you know we're not making money on it or anything. It's just getting it out there. Um, and that's what we're trying to do. Like we like we said earlier, you know have the most um, people out there being educated on on conservation and the right ways to do things and you know having them on our side. Also, um, I talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about Catfish Weekly being on a new server. Um, I actually host a lot of different websites. Uh, one of them is the Black Horse website, and I thought you guys all should know that his website used to be blackhorsecustomrods.com. Uh, that site is no longer available, so if you can, bookmark blackhorserods.com. We just took the custom out. Bought a new domain name, blackhorserods.com. So keep that in mind. Look at the new website. Vince is doing a great job. He got that up fast for a while. That was awesome. Um, you new know, content being added every day. Yeah, uh, Lyle and Vince are working on that to 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 keep it updated and and uh, have a lot of you know, the pictures of the, the rods that he's making and everything and have the different series and everything that he works on. Uh, a lot of th a lot of stuff right there for you to see to get um, get your order in with him and order you a black horse rod. Well, in case nobody ever remembers or, or, or didn't hear, anything that you see on black horse rods is all put up by Vince Rogers. Vince does an outstanding job. He does all the graphics work. He does most of the content work. I don't have time to do it. He likes to do it. He is extremely good at it. Uh, he is irreplaceable. There, If it wasn't for Vince, we wouldn't have near what we got as far as pictures and content and and, and the stuff. And and, and it, I, there's no way that I could be without him You know, at, at any cost. He just is so important with everything that he does. It's unbelievable. Absolutely. You know, and he's and he's posting things like good luck to, uh, you know, Claude and and uh, Ryan who did he they got fifth fifth place at the Cabela's tournament. Nice uh, you know, he posts he posts good luck to them. He even posts you know when we do well we, and I got second <laughs> place. He posts congratulations uh, to us. Which is nice. I like him. Well, and you know he works a full time job like everybody else too. I mean, he, he just uh, you just can't beat bits. He's as good as there is. Absolutely. Also, uh, I see somebody talking about Arizona a little bit. Um, if if you guys aren't aware of this, this also is something that's that's went on this month. I believe the Arizona Con Catfish Conservation Association uh, sent a letter to their either DNR or, or or one of the agencies about the new state record flathead being taken from with a bow uh, by bow fishing. Um, they weren't real happy with it. I'm not real happy with it. None of us should be real happy with it. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, they're they're now allowing you know records to be put in the record books by bow and arrow, and the fact that they shouldn't even be allowed to be harvesting these catfish, you know, flatheads and things with a bow and arrow, um, especially again trophy sized fish. Um, you know, they had they felt the need to create a conservation association out there, and um, they need to, you know, we need to help back them with things like signing petitions. Uh, if they ask, you know, 
and, and I know they post. If you're if you're not a uh, member or like their page on Facebook, you go look for them. I believe it's the ACCA, or the, you might have to look up the whole thing, the Arizona Catfish Conservation Association. Uh, look it up, like the page, so that way you can help follow uh, when they need help with something like a like a petition or whatnot, or calling their um, their lawmakers and, and telling them what you think needs to be done about changes. And uh, just because we don't live in the state doesn't mean that these guys don't listen to out of out of staters because um, you know that's tourism dollars. And if they're smart, they should listen to out of out of staters and they should have a little bit of uh, input on what's going on. But uh, as far as tournaments, uh, I know, have you guys fished any tournaments here lately and this month or, or whatnot? Or? i got one coming up this weekend, but that's the only thing. I haven't even had the boat out, to tell you the truth. It's been too busy. Chuck? You're muted, Chuck. I thought he was asleep. Me and Gary Turner fished one Saturday. We fished uh, the Hilljack guys came up from Columbus, Georgia. They had a scheduled tournament on Lay Lake, which is going to be a uh, Cabela's tournament in two weeks. And uh, me and Gary anyway, and uh, Tim Owensby, and he invited us to come over and, and fish with their Froze up. Damn it, uh, Can y'all hear me? Yep. We 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 met uh, David Arrington, which he's a, he's a, a black horse rod um, pro staff. Um, I got to meet uh, Teresa Catbuster Owensby, Tim Owensby. Um, I'm just all these guys that uh, I haven't had a chance to meet yet from down around the Columbus, Georgia area. Uh, a few of our local guys had come up and fished it, but um, me and Gary kind of got confused because they they were still going by Eastern time, even though that we were fishing in Alabama, and uh, we we didn't come back till four o'clock. So everybody had been at weigh in for an hour when we showed up. <laughs> so, uh, but we didn't we didn't have enough to uh, compete for a purse or anything anyway. So we just uh, we just threw our fish back in. And uh, came up and, and finished the um, you know the raffles they were having and stuff like that. But it was a great bunch of guys we met, and uh, I hope to get down there and, and fish some more of their stuff. Yep, um, I fished. I've fished a few tournaments this month. I fished. Uh, we had one at Morse, which was supposed to be Worthington. We moved the the Worthington to Geist, then Geist had a bass tournament, so we moved the Geist tournament to Morse. Um, the Morse tournament, uh, my partner and I, Scott Wiseman, we, you know, we had five or six fish in the first hour of that tournament, and we were calling fish that were five pounds. I mean, and this is a channel cat tournament. Um, we felt like we were doing really well. We had... Most fish were, you know, five and a half pounds, six pounds plus, and we had 32 and a half pounds with five channel cats. Um, so we really felt like, you know, we had a good average. We thought we were going to do well. Unfortunately, it was one of those tournaments where everybody else seemed to do just a little bit better. 
I think we had 14 boats or 15 boats in that tournament, and we got eighth place in that. Um, I was I was a little let down in that. I ain't gonna lie. Um, I knew what I did wrong. I I knew that we needed to be drifting. I told myself that I, I'm gonna have to do what like the Massingales said that they did. I'm gonna have to take the anchors out of my boat, so I just drift, uh, and I have no option but drifting. <laughs> Because uh, I, I seem to be stuck in that pattern. I mean, I, I'll drift on big rivers and stuff, but when I get to the lakes or whatever, I I seem to not not drift nearly enough. And it, it hurt it hurt this last tournament or the the first tournament, the first points tournament for the ICA. Uh, of course, Casey and Johnny they won that tournament. Um, and I said, you know, I said on the show, I was like, I'm it ain't gonna happen. I'm gonna get them this last tournament. I got them. Got you guys. Did they drift, or were no, they, did they this, anchor this up? River, this river, you really couldn't drift in. Um, it, it it was in Paragon, Indiana. We we uh, we had to move it. We actually were supposed to be at the Worthington. Now, since we re, we moved them around, and when I went to Worthington, um, the the ramp was absolutely caked with mud, forty foot up the ramp, and I was like, this, you know, the entire parking lot was dirt and holy and um, it was supposed to be raining all day the day of the tournament so I knew that it was just going to be uh, pretty pretty bad to try to try to use that ramp and try to use that lot people were going to be stuck in the lot stuck on the ramp um, so we moved it to Paragon Paragon had a, a uh, clean ramp they had a rock uh, parking area um, the only problem is, is I didn't know it at the time, but Paragon is very shallow, even when it's up, and it was up quite a bit, and there was areas, a lot of areas, where I was only in three foot of water, and I can't even count how many times I hit something, hit, hit, hit like a tree underwater, and, uh, how many times I seen that a tree can't, I mean, there was some 18 foot water every once in a while. Um, but I, I would see trees that came up to just about two foot under the water, and I'd see them on my side imaging and stuff like that, and I, I'd be going right over them, and there was just nonstop. I told I told people at the meeting for that tournament, I said, you know, it's not you might hit something, you're guaranteed. Every every person in this tournament is going to hit something in this stretch of water, so be careful. Um, I was really worried about that. I ain't gonna lie. I was very worried about it. I, I made the call for for that place to to be at the tournament, and I would have just I couldn't have uh, probably I'd have been really really tore up if somebody got hurt at that tournament, you know. And I was really afraid of it that whole day. Um, but luckily, nobody lost a lower unit. Nobody got hurt. Everybody did hit something. <laughs> I asked everybody. They hit stuff. Uh, it's just uh, we expected it to be a, a decent tournament, and but it was real tough fishing again. I, I fished a, another tournament the weekend before um, out of a different stretch of the White River. There's an East Fork and there's a West Fork of the White River, and the week before on the it's a different fork but near the same area. Um, it was real tough fishing then. We had this cold front that pushed through this whole past week. Uh, water temp went from about 59 down to about 54, 50, between 54 56 area, I believe. Um, a lot of people were trying for flatheads at Paragon. Um, well, I'm guess 33, I'm guessing, is Ron. He has a jet boat. He has the only jet boat. 
So he probably didn't have any problems, but he's the only one. So let me clarify. <laughs> did did y'all have a Cabela's tournament uh, up that way? No, that was uh, Ohio. They had the Cabela's. Yeah, that was, I believe it was Ohio. They have three tournaments in, out of Ohio this year. Um, wow. But, yeah, this this last tournament, um, you know, me and Scott, we, we flathead fished for the first couple hours. We were really trying hard. We had uh, live uh, bluegill, live creek chubs, uh, live shiner, um, cut skipjack, cut shad, uh, lots of different baits out there. Really... Uh, wasn't doing all that well. We ended up catching, he caught about a seven, seven pound blue. Um, then we moved up river. We actually fished down river, then up river. Um, up river, caught about a 12, 12 and a half pound blue. And we caught that late on, I think probably within about an hour before the tournament end, ended. Maybe an hour and a half, somewhere around there. But we really, we were really doing it, you know, we were pushing it hard. We were staying in spots about 45 minutes. Uh, moving on, trying to find the active feeding fish, and um, you know it was raining. It wasn't a great day. There was nine boats that showed up for that tournament. Um, yep. So, um, yeah, me and me and me and uh, Scott ended up in second place and big fish in that tournament. Um, you know, he he asked me near the end, or I asked him near the end where he thought we were going to end up at, and he said seventh place and I said third so I was closer <laughs> but we're hoping that we have a tournament next week um, another ICA tournament that's going to be out of Grandview on the Ohio River which is just uh, up river of Owensboro and below river of Tell City and Troy um, it's going to be the first night tournament for the ICA so it's a 7.30 at night till 7.30 in the morning it's going to be chilly so if you're going to be there um, wear appropriate clothing uh, remember that we do have the new $10 uh, one day trial member thing and if you do that doesn't matter if just one of you is a full member and one of you is a trial member uh, you're going to lose 10% of the winnings. If you get into any of the winnings, it's cheaper to get into, but if you do win, uh, the club keeps 10% for the club. Uh, so it's a little uh, fail-safe. You can go about it either way you like. Um, I have, yeah, and Obi Kenobi says it sounds like his river, uh, lots of stumps and rocks. His tournament partner swears by a stainless prop for that reason. I have a stainless prop on my boat. But some people will tell you that stainless prop just means you're going to tear your lower unit up easier, too. So instead of messing your prop up, it, it damages the lower unit. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed fishing this last tournament with, with uh, Scott, I'm, and we're hoping that we can carry out our uh, – keep our uh, luck going, and, and I think we're going to be doing a lot, of, a lot more drifting this next tournament, and hopefully we can – get on a decent fish or two, and hopefully we can beat Casey because Casey just needs to be beat every once in a while, man. I'm tired of him winning. <laughs> and you ask all them guys, they'll say the same thing. He wins too much. But you got to love the guy, man. He's a good fisherman. got to respect that. So, you know, and that, oh, that, that brings me to one other thing real quick, and I'll say it. You know, there was somebody who uh, 
who called him a cheater on Facebook, and, and I'm just going to say this once. You don't do things like that. You don't call people cheaters in a public area, especially when they're not cheaters or you don't have proof that they are cheaters. That's very unsportsmanlike. Um, it's it's just uncalled for, and it makes you uh, look way, way bad. And it just does it does not make you look good at all. Um, Who'd they call a cheater, Casey? Yeah. No, no way. Yep. It is one of him and John are two of the nicest, kindest, most polite young men I have ever met in terms of catfishing. And I don't know who said it. I don't care who said it. I'll never believe it unless one of them two would come up and tell me they actually did it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. They're they're just good, man. That's all there is to it. They, oh, I know it. That's if you're out catching bait, if you're out catching bait ten o'clock uh, the night before tournament. Uh, you're putting more. You're putting forth more effort than the other guy is. Since, since you said that, Chuck, this this tournament that me and Scott got second place in, the night before, I spent three and a half hours throwing the cast net at Prairie Creek for shad. Yep. I, I wore myself out throwing that cast net all night long for shad. You know, and, and you it, had that little bit fresher bait than everybody else did. And that that probably helped you get your uh, get more fish in the boat for you to have more to call through. We caught we caught both blues on on that shed. Mm -hmm. We had lots of baits out, but we caught both of our blues on that shed. So, so what are you trying to say? I'm um, I'm just agreeing with Chuck there that you know you you put it Casey and John put the time in, uh, they put the work in and. They have that knowledge. They they have the knowledge. They know what they're doing out there. They're right. absolute tough to beat, and that's why you know I'm proud when when I beat them. I'm proud to know that that I you know I did that. I I I beat some of the best in Indiana out here fishing, and well, they're just not the best in Indiana. They're they're pretty tough anywhere they go. Yeah, but I mean that's what we that's. That's all part of it. There, you know, you go back and forth. Hopefully, you get good enough to where your competition with guys like that, and and you keep going. And that what that's what makes it great. Uh, there's, you know, Ron and George are great fishermen. Chuck and James are great fishermen. Uh, Mary Jane and Terry are great fishermen. The ICA has some of the best fishermen, and it's just, I love fishing. I love having that competition. You know. No, I'm going to tell you another guy that doesn't have anything to do with your tournaments, but David Harrington has been tearing it up down south this year. I think he got a fifth place this last weekend, but he's been in the top five and one, two, or three. He has absolutely been on fire. Yeah, he's uh, he's doing good. He's going to be at the Cabela's in a couple of weeks also. I wish you guys uh, all the best of luck down there. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and, it's going to be a good tournament. Yeah, I, I'm hoping in the next year or two that I'll be fishing some of the Cabela's Bass Pro type tournaments, the National Trails, things like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, this will be my this will be my first uh, national type event. You know, besides Winter Blues and uh, Monsters on the Ohio, this will be my my first regular. Uh, national event for me to uh, compete in. Yep. You know, another thing that's happened, and, and this is with the ICA, um, 
Hector Carrillo, the president for the ICA, lost his job. He posted on Facebook that uh, he's basically resigning. Um, I'm not sure if that means that since I'm vice president, I'm I'm going to be president now, or what it means. But um, you know, hopefully, if I am, that you know, I, I do a good job for the ICA and everything. Um, and I hope that Hector finds another job. I hope he gets everything settled out and. And I, you know, I hope I hope I hope he has an easy time. You know, I hope he doesn't have a hard time with anything. I told him that if he did, you know, I'm there for him. I'll do anything I can to help. So <laughs> I hate to hear that. I've visited with Hector on the phone a time or two, and he's an exceptionally nice guy. I think the world of him, and I wish him the best. Yep. Well, you seem to be doing pretty. Good. You seem to be doing pretty good, Chris, for fishing seven days a week. You ought to get him into that. I don't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> you you work seven days a week. I mean, you fish seven days a week. You're doing something right. I just I got me a sugar. I got me a sugar mama. That's what I did right. <laughs> <laughs> My sugar mama. She she's she's a. I'm lucky. That's all I can say, and I've said that multiple times. I am very lucky, Mr. Mom. Yeah, Mr. Mom. Only I don't got my kids are all getting older. I'm, I feel like I'm getting old. I've got a 19 year old, a 17 year old, and 11 year old. Please, I know. My baby's 31, so I don't want to. <laughs> all right, well, <laughs> I'm I just still, I still feel old. <laughs> yeah, well, add 32 it and tell me about it. But yeah, the. I think that's all I have for tonight. Um, hopefully, like I said, we get everything worked out with the website and everything. Yeah, she does have a sister. <laughs> I think she's single too. So, just uh, I, I did, did I didn't might not have mentioned it, but Burlington, Iowa, the second this Saturday, to it's a cat outdoor tournament. That'll be uh, basically a channel cat tournament. I believe we're going to allow five fish limit in that tournament, uh, which we usually do not do. But uh, since there's no blues in there, uh, make for a bigger weigh-in, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of people coming to this tournament, so let's get in there and get entered up, and let's have some fun. Yeah, you know, and that's. One of the things that I'm going to try to get done past for, for next year in the ICA, and, and, and this is just so they can, like Ron can hear it and stuff like that, uh, Scott, Jason, all them, anybody, I'd like to see the ICA adopt, you know, I tried to get the the three fish or, or lower, but I started thinking about it, and I would like to see a three fish limit for rivers and a six fish limit for for lakes. I'd like to have it both ways you know we want big weigh-ins and for lakes you're going to need for a bigger weigh-in more fish of course with channel cats and most of our lakes don't have a ton of huge fish in them so you're not going to be you don't have the chance that you do to go down to the Ohio River and have you know 360 pounders but you don't even really have that chance on the Ohio River anymore I was gonna really say. but you know just just so that way we're, we are conservation minded uh, and, and we're showing that you know we're we're trying to help with the problems that we're having and, and everything. I I'd like to see the ICA adopt a um, a three fish limit for the rivers and six fish limit for the lakes. So be prepared, ICA. I'm gonna try. 
I'll do what I can. But you got you got any closing statements there, Chuck? Uh, no, not this week. I don't. Uh, no. I, no, there's one thing I want to mention. Um, Jason Massengale had donated a um, a little, not really a guide trip, just a, a fishing trip to um, to the Challenged Outdoorsmen of America, Arkansas chapter. They had a, a an event last year, catfishing for the cause, and I thought I, I believe it's an every year event. He donated this trip, which raised nine hundred dollars. Um, the uh, they took three hunters out and got them all new hunting outfits. Um, got got them a good meal, and then had some extra money and went and bought kids um, some fishing poles. And a guy named Mike King won, um, and he took his friends James Prince out, and they got on a forty-pound flathead and a sixty-two-pound blue. Um, and I just want to say I think that was great that uh, Jason Maxingale stepped up in his state like that and, and sponsored such a great event and uh, followed through, took these guys out and gave them a trip of their life. And he's planning on, from what I've seen on his uh, post he made, that he's going to do it again this year, um, which will probably bring in more money after everybody sees what kind of trip he put these guys on. So um, I just want to say this is something everybody needs to, uh, you know, look up to him for. And, you know, if anybody, if there's anything you can do for a charity event, if you can work it, um, you know, fish it, take somebody out in that event, um, give something away to it, donate something to it, um, it, it all really makes catfishing look a lot better. The catfishing community pulls together at these things and just they just look outstanding. You know, Chuck, what they do, what what Jason does, is an outstanding thing. But that goes back to what we were talking about with with uh, uh, Casey and John. Those guys, Daryl and Jason, are as good for catfishing sport as there is anybody in the sport. And when you do things like they do for the sport your success rate grows. I don't care what everybody says. Maybe that's an old wives' tale, but they give back a lot more than they ever take in. People don't see it. They don't realize it. Them guys are great for this sport. Uh, Casey Tudorow and John LaMasters, Daryl Jason Maskell, Jeff Dodd, uh, you know, Bill Dance. Bill Dance don't have to give anything. If he fished a catfish tournament, his name's out there. That's as, that's as good as it's going to be. These are the kind of people that make the sport great. And 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 I know that Daryl and Jason work extremely hard doing things for other people, and a lot of times nobody ever knows about it, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, they earn every bit of respect that they get from you and me and every other cat fisherman in the world for the little things like that that they do for other people. Absolutely. That's, 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 all, that's all I got for tonight, guys. All right, well, I'm done. All right, everybody, it was a good show tonight. Uh, we covered a lot of topics. Uh, hopefully we'll have other things worked out with chat and everything for next week. And for those of you that had issues with video or chat or logging in, we really do apologize. Uh, there were still quite a few people on. Um, again, you know about the advertising we have on the website. I also want to mention that... Um, the uh, the um, 
super fan packages. Uh, we didn't really do that for this contest, just just because of the type of contest it was. Uh, but for the future contest, remember that the super fan packages give you an extra entry, and that's only ten dollars for a super fan package. Um, if you need more information about that, you can contact me at the uh, fud at catfishweekly.com as an email. You can send me a message on uh, Facebook Messenger. I can get get you uh, set up with the super fan package. Gives you just an access to a super fan group on Facebook. Uh, gives you a discount on Black Horse Custom Rods, discount on Whiskerware Apparel. It pays for itself very easily, plus gives you extra odds uh, to win the contest that we hold. Uh, so if you guys are really wanting to support us and everything, that's a good way to do it. It helps us out, pays some of our uh, hosting bills, things like that that we pay, the chat bill every month. It all it all gets up there. So um, uh, it was a great show again. Hopefully we'll see you next week. And if you go fishing, just stay out of my spot. That's all I ask. <laughs>